Today I got to see the amazing words, help, I'm being Jace. <laughs> oh god, it really was about Jace. <laughs> it's a dark and stormy night. To feed all of the apples to the munchlax, turn to page 32. <laughs> um, you die! For no apparent reason. That's how these books work, right? It seems there is a mysterious stranger here, tall, dark, and ready to engage in some sort of card game. To engage in conversation with the Jeb Wrench, turn to page 64. Nice hoodie, Bellerin. Did your mom make it for you? And here, you are about to be eaten by a group, or some other linguistic description of the color blue and green. It's Talon Lee. So, hey, how y'all doing? Is that what a gru is? No, a uh, gru is a linguistics term for the color. I thought gru was uh, green and red. <laughs> That's what I was asking about. <laughs> what would you have explained if you said yes? <laughs> the Zork animal. That Frots gru. We're great at communication here on this podcast. Does it come through? Does it come through that this is all very off the cuff? Well, it probably doesn't come across that we're that we have any clue what we're doing. So, <laughs> well, we're looking at episode thirty-six at this point. We're doing pretty all right. I should probably count. I should probably tick that season counter up by at least one at some point. <laughs> uh, we'll just go fifty-two. At- fifty-two episodes in a season. I was thinking uh, end of year will be the end of the first season, and then next year we'll do, like, seasons by block. Possibly working out times to have breaks. I don't know. Anyway. By block? Well, like, you know, every 12 weeks is a season, just to make it easier to find stuff. I don't know. Nah, we, yo, we're yo. not exactly... <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just a matter of the MP3s have a season entry. Sorry, no, an album entry. And we're like, well, one. <laughs> oh, is that where that came from? We could yeah. just leave it at season one for the entire run of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to season one, episode 45. Or, uh, 45 doesn't seem unreasonable. Welcome no, no, to no, season no, one, episode 112. Idea. Welcome to season one, episode 420. Nice. Anyway. See, now we have to have that. (laughs) Hey, Fox, have you been playing any games lately? Jokes are all going over my head. (laughs) That's because you haven't stacked up the munchlaxes? (laughs) I'm going to say that's because you're three feet tall. (laughs) I would never point that out too much. (laughs) Um, I've been playing Century 4. You'll recognize this as what I was playing last week. We're not under any obligation to keep playing new games, you know. I was just going to say, in my defense, it's Saints Row 4. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? <laughs> it? It certainly is a lot of fun once I came back to terms with the controller. <laughs> also, it's the first time I can remember watching you play a video game and going like, oh, he's cute, can I jump him? And you could. That's the first time you can ever remember me doing that? No, saying that aloud. Have you met me? <laughs> no, it, the fact that... Uh, Constantly! What do you think I play Fire Emblem for? And the fact that you could. Yes? What do you think jump. I play Fire Emblem for? You can jump people in Fire Emblem? You can jump any character who who has the designated chromosomes. You see, you don't need that in Saints Row 4. <laughs> yeah, in Saints Row, you don't need that. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. It's anyone, except, it's anyone except for Keith David. <laughs> Including the robot. You can't romance banking? I didn't try because I just it didn't work for me. But. He, he can sign your book. That's that's romantic. <laughs> that's basically, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's basically... I didn't try Johnny Gat either, because that just felt wrong. <laughs> oh, sorry. Spoiler! 
the fact that the, the fact that now when you buy Saints Row Four, it comes with a discount on Gat Out of Hell, <laughs> sort of implies that he's going to be alive. I kind of thought Gat Out of Hell was going to be the the place where he came back. I nope. didn't realize he came back during the main game. No, no, Jack. Would be some ridiculous plot about Johnny Gat literally escaping from hell because it's Saints Row, and why the fuck not? No, it's a plot about Johnny Gat going to hell to get the boss back. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. And- Johnny Gat and Kinsey. Yes. Because it's Kinsey's birthday and she wanted to go too. <laughs> Which means, God, of course, that, that if you're series. if you're playing it properly, you're not playing as Johnny Gat, you're playing as Kinsey. <laughs> I am straight. I am just overwhelmed by how much love that game franchise has for its own ridiculousness. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's wearing it as a suit. It really feels like they're saying, you know what would be awesome? If dinosaurs had a kingdom and you saved it at some point. That is, look, I wasn't gonna play that first expansion until you showed me the ending. <laughs> and I, that has to happen now. <laughs> Revenge. It's a... And the uh, the side the, the side scrolling beat 'em up section. It is oh, amazing. my boss looks so good. It's amazing. I, for reference, my boss is a max height, max buffness, uh, tan skin, white haired older woman who had a Russian accent in three and had to opt for French in four. <laughs> fucking simulation. Um, who wears the steampunk set in Saints Purple? <laughs> Waistcoat. She looks magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the the 2D beat em up section was just great. <laughs> and my, my boss so had a, my boss was a so was good. a withered old man, tiny a tiny withered old man with a bright purple afro and an, a bath <laughs> wore a bathrobe and an anime kitty backpack. <laughs> I remember trying to make my character look like Marshall Lee from Adventure Time. <laughs> I would have thought you could do that pretty well, except for the face. Nah. Not I so much? I couldn't find a good flannel shirt. This is Canadian discrimination. The game should be ashamed. <laughs> a flannel shirt's particularly Canadian. Well, we call him a Kenora dinner jacket. What? That's regional humor. <laughs> I'm not sure I understood those as words. Kenora... Ontario is a town in northern Ontario. Oh, it's a town. That explains everything. So, yeah, it the is a flannel, I, The I, flannel I jacket is called a Kenora dinner jacket because in Kenora it is considered fine attire. This is like how a, a jeans jacket is considered a Canadian tuxedo. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that may not be very current anymore. Right. I was just bringing it up because flannels are huge here. Yeah, it's true. We do we do love a flannel here. More so in the 90s, but they're making a comeback now. I, I like that when grunge hit in the early 90s and all these Australian kids are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my flannel ironically now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Grunge was never trying to be ironic. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Um, so yeah, Saints Row Four, you're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I this is through most of Saints Row Three. I spent my time going, okay, you know, this is cool and stuff, but why am I shooting guns and driving cars? <laughs> that is the lame part of this. I just want to be able to run everywhere and punch things until they explode. And coincidentally, (laughs) all of a sudden, this game came along. (laughs) Have you considered running up walls, too? Hmm, now that you mention it. (laughs) Also, Usher was a very cool addition. (laughs) She is great. I I like that you... We've we've talked about this in the past, but the idea that you can track 
the increasing ridiculous... Like, Saints Row <laughs> is the painting in Grand Theft Auto's attic that's steadily getting... <laughs> yes! That's beautiful. And, and I love it for that. I really do just adore yes. that Saints Row... Like, Saints Row 2 was a pretty off-the-wall crime game, but you were playing a bad person, and, like, they made a really big point of some of the stuff you did in Saints Row 2 was just not okay. And, like, even even the wacky, puckish stuff, like, you know, driving a, 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 a sewer truck through people's neighborhoods and spraying houses with poo, that was the weird stuff. But there was also things like, you know, murdering someone's girlfriend to get at them, and, like, that, okay, fine. No, but that's really. definitely way edgier than Saints Row 3... Where the second mission is skydiving onto a penthouse apartment to the tune of Kanye West's power? Sensor <laughs> 3 doesn't... One of the I greatest mean... uses of licensed music in the history of games. <laughs> yes. And in fact, it's like the second best use of licensed music in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what the first best is. <laughs> Anyone who has finished yeah. Saints Row 2, or Saints Row 3... <laughs> Knows which which use of licensed music is the best in that game. Oh, this was a really interesting thing for me playing four because I had the music turned off. I play a lot of games with the music turned off. I'm sorry, game music writers, I love you and stuff, but uh, it is the nature of being in an office with another person at almost all times. Uh, I just don't usually play with music on. Uh, and at one point I went, wait a minute, this game has the mixtape. I love the mixtape. <laughs> so I went and turned music back on. And the difference it made with the, the super-powered running animation... Yes! <laughs> that was a really... Like, that got to me in a way that video game music does not usually do. It's like you wind, up, you wind up syncing yourself up to the music. It's great. And you watch as someone, uh, like watching someone else play it, and the things they're doing unconsciously, like when a track ends and they stop and skid slightly, <laughs> like in timing with the conclusion of the song. So, did you did you seriously just stop to look around because you were enjoying the music too much and you forgot where you were going? I did try to make myself land in time with the ending of pieces yeah. of music because it just looks great when you go. Boom, well, the thing is yeah. that you have to you have to when you when you start flying. Or when uh when when you got the touch starts playing, you have yes. to jump up into the air when he says yeah. Ah no no <laughs> the uh that that's when I want to wall run. <laughs> Just as that's opening, I want to be going whoosh up into the sky. <laughs> oh, I mean, as the song starts, you start running up the wall, then you jump off it. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah okay sure. <laughs> we have a compromise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Once again, I did this at a certain part of the game at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fox, have you finished Saints Row Four? No, no. no, no. I pretty Talon, much have you? Goes, yes. Do you you yes. know what I'm talking I about? Know. Then <laughs> I didn't. Okay, the first time I played Saints Row Four is with my friend Casey, who I'm going to take a moment aside to say Casey is absolutely awesome and wonderful, and lovely and great. Uh, she's why I have an American version of Saints Row Four. Um, anyway. Also why I have an American version of Century 4 in the end. Because, by the way, if you have an Australian version, it's not compatible with yes. the international version. Because... Boo! <laughs> ah, fuck out, shitty government bullshit! 
I was I was perfectly willing to play the censored version of Saints Row 4, but the fact that it can't multiplayer with non-Australians, that yeah. really annoys me. That's anyway, crap. Um, I was playing that section, and I didn't use the mixtape through the whole game. I didn't even know it was a function. I didn't know it was a feature. I was playing headphones on because I was doing TeamSpeak with Casey, and she and I were playing through all the game. And so when the music stings happened, it was always on the game's time. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know the touch was on oh. the soundtrack. <laughs> oh. And this is a song that speaks to me very <laughs> deeply. So when this happens and those notes happen, those notes hit. My brain went. That's not the touch. They wouldn't. <laughs> Holy crap! Especially given what happens there. Yes. <laughs> it was. It was an amazing adulation of kitsch. <laughs> it, 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 I, they managed to. They managed hearts. to top the ending of the yes. tutorial of that of Saints Row Four. Yes. When you're riding a nuclear missile. To don't want to miss a thing in order to save the world from terrorism forever. And, <laughs> and they top it. I think that's a big part of how Saints Row 4 works in that it doesn't hate any of itself. There is, you see it, you see it in the, in the DLC when you get to it. They quite clearly recognize the crappiness of things like fan fiction, of old <laughs> B movies. They recognize these weak elements. But they love them anyway, and I think that's amazing. And also, Fox hasn't gotten to the best movie reference in the game, either. Oh. Oh. But it's fucking incredible. Oh, I I have done the Nightblade loyalty mission. Okay, so you got to the fanfiction one, which which was such a great thing. It was one of the first things I wrote about on my blog. Yeah. (laughs) And got picked up by Kotaku. (laughs) It's so good. And in that case, I refer to Jed's article about it, because it is so good. It's a really great, insightful piece about that whole exchange. Um, Now, to jump track from Saints Row 4. Because we could probably talk about Saints Row forever. (laughs) But we probably have to invite some more of our friends on to talk about it, too. That's also true. Chances are next week when you ask me what you've been playing. Um, But I know something else in gaming that matters to Fox that came up this week. Eh? It's not about Fox's game that she's making. It's about... Fox's game that she made. Oh, oh, holy shit! Yeah, there's Let's Plays of Where Ages Go, and this is the most amazing thing. Oh wow! I didn't know. I just I was I I found a Tumblr where someone had mentioned it that was like a you know a regular blog of, of free games in that kind of genre, and then I was like, hey, if, if this exists on Tumblr, I wonder if it exists on YouTube, and that there are a couple of Let's Plays of my silly little one month solo game. And it's so cute. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, that was that was some fun. <laughs> so, like, let's players out there, chances are developers are really cool with what you're doing. Well, certainly, like, I mean, developers in my kind of position, which is yeah. to say we're making games for free because we want to make some games. And, um, you know, say my traffic on itch.io is 99% the thread for the game jam, the itch page for the game jam, and the games like this sections from other games in the game jam. <laughs> Including cute demon crashes. <laughs> That's where uh, there are about at least three times as many references as anything else. <laughs> I think they must have just gotten a lot of traffic, which is well-deserved. I know I've said this before, but that game is fucking excellent. 
Um, yeah, so I don't particularly want to say anything too much about them. Um, there's only a few of them, so if you uh, happen to search for Where Ages Go on YouTube, it's very easy to find them. Um, yeah, I I really loved watching those. Also, one of them has just the, the cutest voice. Oh, yes, I, I think she has a Spanish accent. Is, is that yeah, what it sounds like to you? Yeah. I'm, I'm not good with accents. I really liked how she read the dialogue. It was really, really sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so hey, Jeb. Yeah. What have you been playing this week? Tomb Raider. Next. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have any cheesy 80s music in it. Nope. Doesn't have it much does... of anything of substance to it. Actually, uh, point of order, if I may go back to Saints Row 4 for about five seconds. Please do. It's much um, more interesting than Tomb Raider. <laughs> I love the fact that there's 90s nostalgia junk in there as well yes. as 80s. Because I, I am not attached to the 80s the same way that most... Uh, game nerds of my ilk are um, for me that was the 90s and so there's a lot of shit that comes up on that radio where I'm just like oh my god is this song? <laughs> holy shit the, the the singing along with Pierce to um... opposites of drag <laughs> yes <laughs> though I don't know what happened to my boss's voice in that section because she sounded like a totally different person yeah it seems that, uh, it seems that the she was she was doing her Paula Abdul impression Ah, yeah, but it, it wasn't a very good impression. It sounded way too so? young. <laughs> ah, I don't know. It was just a little bit disappointing. You've never, the, the you've never heard the, the Paula dual impression of, of the of the male bosses. So, actually, I have. So. I saw this on YouTube before I ever played the mission. <laughs> <laughs> and funnily enough, it, it's a bit more entertaining with a guy. It is. It <laughs> really is. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, yeah. Yeah, sorry, That's a Tomb game Raider. that exists. <laughs> That's not a game not the that... old one, I presume, the new one? It's the, the new, the new one. It, it exists. It's, uh... <sighs> I talked about this on my blog, about the idea that because games are just bigger chunks of art than we're used to, it's much harder for us to get our heads around the idea of, you know, being good or bad. Because there's a bunch of stuff in Tomb Raider that I think is really quite good. Like, the actual archery system. Uh, That's a really cool... <laughs> I, I like how that feels. I just wish they could have done a different fucking character. Like, yeah. it would have been a great place to start a new franchise instead of, instead of taking a, you know, stupid, invulnerable hero character who happens to be a girl. And I'm just saying Tomb Raider could have used the Saints Row treatment. You know what yeah. makes... In my head canon of the of Tomb Raider, the is this parent, Lara Croft Jr. Yeah, the parent that they're always talking about isn't Lara Croft's dad. It's Lara Croft of nineteen ninety three. Oh god, that would have worked so well. Yeah, so like, <laughs> totally should have done that shit. Yes, your mother did used to jump twice her height off the ground, backflip over the head of Tyrannosaurus Rexes, and shoot them in the back of the skull. But you've got to accept what you can do, Lara <laughs> Jr. Which isn't much. <laughs> Which is I don't which? It, but... You, you, Lara Junior. You have a magical ponytail that can do the wave. <laughs> is it still glitching out like? Oh, it's a, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> How do they not get that fixed? How long has that game been out? A year and a half. Well, this is the definitive edition. I think they realized that the most appealing part of their game was the tr the, the trace effects by L'Oreal glitches. <laughs> Does it still do the cumulative lighting problem? What does that even mean? Okay, so there was a glitch that existed. I don't know for how long. I remember it was very short. It didn't last until I got to play the game. Sometimes the hair would wig out. <laughs> yeah, that uh, does that. And, and the way that it was handling the shininess was that it was basically adding a layer of lighting to the, to, to the player's perception. <laughs> and that there was a bug where it wouldn't ever ditch them. 
And so over the wig- course of the wigging out of the hair, you'd get the whole screen getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And oh, brighter it, it doesn't it's do that now. Shiny no. apocalypse. <laughs> it just it just moves on its own. It's great. <laughs> it's uh. like it's like a it's like. It's like there's like a sentient creature on top of her head that's not quite connected to her scalp. This is a really great example of why I just roll my eyes and zone out when people start talking about realism being great in video games. Well, it's kind of fantastic uh, because they're going on with all this, you know, this gritty and difficult hardship that she's yeah. doing, and her hair is just doing its own thing. I especially like when she emerges. There's a point in the game where she emerges from having submerged herself entirely in a pool of blood. And when she comes out, her hair is not okay for about 30 seconds. And then it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. technically speaking, like, in the game, I haven't played a whole lot of it yet, but it's been, so, it's been like, almost 24 hours that she's had a giant hole in her abdomen. Yes. I've heard it compared to Uncharted a lot, and I think that that's generally true, particularly in the way that they took the protagonist and they made her a lot like Nathan Drake in the bad ways. It's funny because Nathan like, Drake is the bad parts of Lara Croft. Lara Croft. Isn't well, Nathan Drake a smug prat. No, no, not not those parts of his character. The things like, why is this guy able to do this again? How is he surviving this? Isn't that uh, shouldn't that have broken his spine? The fact that that Lara Croft. Is basically she's operating on that normal, mm-hmm. but she still behaves and reacts as if she's not capable of falling two stories onto a metal railing. Ah, I see. It's it's jarring. I the I don't begrudge anyone who loves that game. I don't. It's it's very much in that gray slurry for me. It's really generic. Yes, <laughs> there's nothing I, wrong with I'm generic, just... but we're you know. When, when you hold it up against some of the other games that I've played lately, like <laughs> like Assassin's Creed 4 or Saints Row 4, if we want to go in the... Or, or the Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zero's Dunk Runs. <laughs> I will also say it doesn't give you as much freedom as most games that it's trying to be generic of. No. Like, you, you don't get to do that much interesting stuff. Like, all the ways you have to beat bad guys are... And they're all guys... The, the only ways you have to attack baddies is shooting. Shooting arrows, shooting guns. There's, there isn't really a meaningful stealth system. It tries, uh, unless they force you to. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that it lays itself out as, this is the stealth part. Okay, you've reached the part where you fight. Now, yeah. Uh, I see. There, there is no dunk run of Tomb Raider. And every yeah, game, I... every action game needs a dunk run. I was actually watching, uh, speaking of Metal Gear Solid 5, because that's a much more interesting thing to talk about than yeah, Tomb Raider. Go on. Uh, I was watching someone stream, uh, stream The Phantom Pain, and his preferred tactic is sniping, except that he doesn't use a sniper rifle. He has a six-shot rocket launcher what? with a scope. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he snipes. And how does he stealth? He runs at full speed. <laughs> Him and his dog just go running. <laughs> like, oh, you have to follow this car to make sure you don't get spotted running full speed behind the car. <laughs> car stops, he pulls out the rocket launcher. Okay, let's do this. Anyone who survives gets to be sent back to, <laughs> sent back to Mother Base and recruited. <laughs> I, and they get wonderful names. <laughs> like, um, Someone someone posted, I think it was Lee Alexander posted a picture of someone called Whiskey Wallaby. <laughs> I'm down for that. 
Anyway, I, I, so yes. I will at some point in the future acquire a copy of that. <laughs> I really hope so. It sounds like it's gonna... It sounds like the worst thing you can say about it is that it's kinda gonna have bad bits, but there's enough... <laughs> there's enough odd, weird, fun stuff that even the bad bits can kinda be glossed over. It's like, on the one hand, all this baggage over here. On the other yes. hand... Right, there's... purple helicopter playing suicide is painless. <laughs> Dude, if you're gonna do suicide as painless, you have an olive drab helicopter. <laughs> your bright purple helicopter. Well, play the touch. What would you? What would you? What would you do uh, for Kids in America then? Go on, Fox. Uh, I don't think I know that one. <gasps> well, we'll have to fix that. Um. Okay, she blinded me with science. <laughs> I would be inclined towards green, but no, much more bright green. <laughs> Tomorrow. Let's see what else we have. Uh, the final countdown. <laughs> Hmm. What color is Joe Bluth's shirt? <laughs> um, I don't know. You can make that work with a lot of colors as long as they were tacky. Now the 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 way it boils down to is that the PC version lets you put your own music in, but they still have a ton of licensed music, anyways. <laughs> I'd rather shame the final countdown didn't make it into Saints Row. I don't know if the game could have handled it at that point. It's already burst <laughs> into the gills. Well, maybe Saints Row Five will have us go to you know like through time to the final countdown. Saints in time. Actually, that that would work. Like that would be the logical next step after Saints Row Three and Saints Row Four. I mean, the well, ending so- of Saints Row Three, they do go through time. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and Saints Row Four has. I just meant song wise. Yeah, I mean, if you consider the closing pieces of those two. Yeah, <laughs> the the final countdown would be the appropriate successor. I think. I I, I concur. I concur. So, so yeah. there we have it. We've come up with the perfect solution for Saints Row Five. <laughs> Because we started talking about Tomb Raider. That's how interesting Tomb Raider is. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with earlier Tomb Raiders, though having now played Tomb Raider 2 again, I don't know how. <laughs> Context is important. <laughs> Tank controls. Uh. Yeah, but... Uh, and I don't mean the type of controls, I mean she handles like a water tank. <laughs> But yeah, the new one is is something I've not picked up because it is possible for the advertising, like what they chose to put in the trailers mm. and in the promos, uh, <clears throat> successfully turned me off ever wanting to play the thing. It was just too much like murder porn. And the the even like the the actual rating of tombs isn't that yeah. interesting because yeah. it's a very linear. It's not really they're a sorting special puzzle. You're not when really you you're not solving a puzzle so much as you're connecting the dots. Yeah. Like, you don't even, like, pick up a thing anymore, right? It's just like, hey, you got treasure. You yeah, got this they, they, lore. Yeah, they don't show you what you got, and you get to choose it from a list. So it can be like, yes, I somehow found handgun upgrade parts in this... <laughs> That's se- not a treasure from a tomb! Well, no, the tomb, the, tomb tra- the tomb treasures, it's like, oh, you found this mask. Laura will now tell you about this mask. Yeah. And it's actually kind of, I will grant it the way that they portrayed Laura in this... It's kind of neat that she has this, like, encyclopedia-like knowledge of all these archaeological finds she has. And by encyclopedia, I specifically mean Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's another thing that would work a lot better if she was Lara Croft Jr. Yes, because she's trying to impress Mom. It's like, oh, I know all about this, this, this culture. I learned about it at school. And, by the way, uh, Rhiannon Pratchett talking about it, like, she made the point that almost all the stuff that, that, like, she suggested stuff for Lara to be able to do on the basis of, as a private school British girl, we did rock climbing, we did horse riding, we went camping, we did archery. I like that. I like that there is some fingerprint to the, to the context of the characters. Sure. 
so much of the game is just generic, boring bullshit. It's, it's all connective tissue. Mm-hmm. It's all just kind of there, and it's just this like glob. And and um the the uns like I don't I don't know how to phrase this perfectly, but the the Nathan Drake style run jump puzzles thing where you know there's an exploding fire behind you and you have to move forward. Oh right. There's no way to be good at them. Yeah. There's just action a... puzzle replacing the platforming. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not really, hard. really shitty uh, quick time events. Yeah, basically. Not just not just you know your run of the mill quick time events. These are particularly bad because they yeah. give you an extremely narrow window and. The indication of when you're supposed to press the button isn't as clear as it seems. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's not a very good game, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not a terribly bad game either. It's just have, one that exists. Have you gotten to the pipe corridor? Not yet. There's I don't know point... if I will because it's not, you know, it's it's not doing a good job of roping me in. Yeah. The the pipe corridor is one section that sticks out in my mind of that game where you finish a thing you've done and you then have to leave and you can either backtrack the way you went which is already made clear that it's a one way trip you can't do that and there's a little hole in the wall and you oh there's a there's maintenance pipes here and I can get out and it makes you hold down the forward button through this long corridor where Lara is shuffling side by side you know out of said corridor and it was incredibly long, and I don't know why they made you do it. There wasn't even, like, a character building. There was no monologue. They weren't loading stuff in the background. It's just long. It's a long section of shuffling sideways, and if you stop pressing a button, you stop shuffling? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the scenes. And <sighs> when, when, when Lara's going from point A to point B through, like, a cavern or a tunnel, there's just a lot of her shuffling and meandering. Anyway. Got that sounds really things. annoying. It is. Speaking of really annoying, I've been playing the swindle. (laughs) How have you been doing it, the swindle? I'm really bad at the swindle. (laughs) In fact, I'm so bad at the swindle, when I feel bad about how bad I am at the swindle, I go play Hotline Miami, because that's more (laughs) forgiving. And so Talon has been playing Hotline Miami again. You see, at um, least I didn't talk about the fact that I've still been playing duels every match duels every <laughs> single fucking day. I, I get the feeling that for you, duels is a lot like the neighbor's dog. You're not that fond of it, but you play with it. You know. It's there. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, in the case of the swindle, that there is a, there is a lot to unpack in the swindle. I kind of want to see what'll happen if Jeb winds up getting a copy and playing it as well, because. I can't be sure that my problems with the swindle are problems with the game or problems with my skill level with it. It's it's an interesting enough game that I don't have an easy time differentiating between these things. Right. Get good, scrub. Well, yeah, it might just be that I'm not very good at it, and that's influencing my effect, uh, uh, my experience with it. It might be that the like the difficulty curve is a cliff. <laughs> and not in the not in the normal way that that happens, where you're like suddenly the, the whole difficulty curve spikes up high. It's much more like you're going up the curve and suddenly it drops out from under you, and you're falling and falling and screaming and screaming and screaming. Because the the challenges that completely wreck everything, like the the basically the guards that will end your run, are just as bad at the very start of the game as they are at the end of the game. You will yeah. wind up 
still being just as like you don't get less scared of things you don't get more confident in things because when you get more confident in things you slip up and then oh crap now i've got to get out of here well, that seems Isn't pretty that reasonable the point to me of the the alarm triggers though yeah and part of the part of the other point of that is that you're meant to then go well this run is busted i've got to get out of here with whatever i could grab and that's cool but by the mid game there are way too many times whatever i can grab is nothing literally mm. nothing so you lose days and if that happens back to back you can go on tilt i know i go on tilt i know i lose six seven days at a time what's going on tilt uh, uh it's it um getting, it means it means that you're you're you lose focus and you start making mistakes that you wouldn't normally make and because of that you start getting worse and worse yeah which yeah. has a feedback loop effect. Like, Hotline Miami is actually built to try and get you to go on tilt because it rewards you for playing recklessly. So it might be that I'm in that mental space where, ah, game's gonna game wants to try and beat me, well, YOLO! Uh, oh, well, that, that went really badly. Have you considered not playing Hotline Miami? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the question. <laughs> but yeah, it's... All right, it is... I know the perfect way to prevent you from going on tilt. I will pay for you to do a magic online draft. <laughs> oh god, I would be so paranoid. Uh, anyway, the we have a pretty long what you've been playing, so we do, and a, about as long of us bitching about battlefields in the car. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, motherfucking those game books. <laughs> oh, Gotta go I forgot fast. about them. I don't know why this weirds you out. Like, of course, there was Sonic the Hedgehog game books. They don't weird me out. I had some of them. Yeah, I had some of them. I had the Lemmings game books. I want all of these. That's not <laughs> Sonic. The only one, only one that I ever had were a couple of the Super Mario Brothers ones, and they were kind of shitty. <laughs> I have uh, much larger ones that were put out by uh, the folks who were responsible for Sonic in the UK. Ah. Which is how I got all their weird Sonic lore instead of the US's weird Sonic lore. <laughs> Sonic lore. But at least Tails was fucking orange is all I'm saying. <laughs> Alright. The best thing the best thing that we had uh, as kids were the Worlds of Power books, which were what? novelizations for 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 kids about Nintendo games. Primarily Konami products. Uh-huh. Like Metal Gear. <laughs> the novelization oh for kids. <laughs> you're, you're bringing back something to my mind which I had completely forgotten about which is I have actually it's probably gone to the op shop by now but there was a time there when I had the novelization of Golden Axe <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if you played Golden Axe but what the fuck novelization page <laughs> one I hit him with my I, I punched him really hard page two it was amazing <laughs> I bought for my dad from a book exchange, the Zork novel. The Zork <laughs> novel is fantastic. That at least yeah. there, there is some sinew to put in a Zork novel. You can't argue that. And well, it's it's was... very it's very Zorkish. It's very funny and very <laughs> full of personality. And I remember really distinctly at the very end of the Zork book, there is this little bit uh, where the characters who who went through the quest are like, I you know, no, nothing we did seems to have mattered. We don't appear to be heroes or anything. And this other character says, Yeah, well, not everyone gets to be the hero. Some of us just stand and clap as they walk by. And I don't know if that's a quote that that book stole from somewhere or not, but it has stuck in my head my entire <laughs> life. <clears throat> anyway, 
Uh, the, 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 one more thing about the Worlds of Power books. Oh, yeah? There was a Castlevania two Worlds of Power book. What? The plot of it was that Simon Belt... You know what the plot of Castlevania two was, right? Uh, which one is that? The That was the Metroidvania. That was the one no, that I, Simon, I... Simon was cursed by Dracula, and then he had to go to all these mansions and get parts of Dracula and stab them with a stick. And ah. at some point you had to kneel and there was a tornado. <laughs> of course there was. It was really bad. The, the the novelization, the Worlds of Power book, in order to go on his quest to save himself from becoming the Dracula, Simon went to the modern 80s oh God. to get God. a nerd. Oh, God. He needed a nerd to keep him from becoming a Dracula. Uh... Did the nerd have to play the video game while Simon no, was No, the with, nerd uh... came with him back to Castlevania. And it's that like, makes sense. Hey, si- hey, Simon, you're becoming a Dracula. What? You're t- Oh, you're right. I am becoming a Dracula. Oh, good thing I had you here, nerd. Fuck, <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> if you can get the Worlds of Power novelization for, for Castlevania 2, uh, Simon's Quest, you will not be disappointed. Oh, this fucking thing that... <laughs> The, the the cartoons from this era have this real thing about, you know, I'm going to transport some child from the real world into the fantasy world. And for me, that was it always is. the worst possible aspect of all of these things. I just wanted a story about elves and wizards and shit. Why are I, you bringing real children into this? I Horrible. still want Captain N in Smash Brothers. I don't care. <laughs> I I know that... Like, for me, during that particular period, I was basically living in a very strange place media-wise. And we had tons and tons and tons of media that had that pattern of, and now these people from the real world with our real world values are going to this strange fantasy place, a science fiction kingdom, uh, a a fantasy uh, spaceship, whatever. And now a boy just like you is going to go talk to Jesus. Yes! Yeah, absolutely. Let's not Um, beat around the bush here. Yeah, and and it was all, or now all the really creepy ones were, and now a boy just like you is being whisked from his real world to be a missionary to the elves, and uh, obviously you could trace the lineage of that to Narnia, which you know, right? The, the best Narnia book has nothing to fucking do with England. Um, <laughs> still racist though. Uh, the so that media, like, I, I remember the 80s being, and the late, the late 80s and the early 90s being full of this stuff. Like, I'm remembering a whole range of movies on, on VHS, you know, shovelware kind of movies with, you know, such and such the Beastmaster who leapt through a portal and now this guy with a sword, a buff, buff muscle dude with a sword and a tiger is hanging out in New York City kind of stuff. I remember that being like a plot element that I just assumed every story had to have. And now it's it just did, like a yeah. Friday night. <laughs> it got pretty ubiquitous for a while there, and it always pissed me off so fucking much. I could have really enjoyed the D&D cartoon, but no. <laughs> no couldn't just make a cartoon about the D&D world. No. We have to have nerds. We have to put the nerds in the D&D cartoon. We have to have the nerds. The nerds are an important part of the experience. <laughs> and and what's worse is it... Hey, to be hey, Bellerin. Hey, Bellerin. Don't fall, Bellerin. Don't fall, Bellerin. <laughs> You're becoming a Dracula, Bellerin. This is the biggest incentive. <laughs> this is the single biggest incentive to to bring back the Magic Invitational, so that someone can win the Invitational and have their card be dumping Jace's books. <laughs> <laughs> well, Talon, you have a mission now. 
I expect to see you I turning pro by I the st- end of the month. <laughs> I still want, fa- I still want to see just a, a drawing of, of, of Garrick giving, uh, giving Jason RKO. <laughs> and now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit print for the month of September, 2006. Brought to you by Worlds of Power's Nerd Notifications app. Be automatically alerted when you're in danger of falling, failing to continue a task, or becoming a Dracula. Remember, there's a nerd for that. <laughs> September 2006, a year in which I couldn't have been asked to do any greater contextual research. Stuff came out, so now we're going to talk about Hooray! some of that stuff. <laughs> ah, brought to you by Straight From Wikipedia. Oh, hell yeah. I've got the tabs open right here. Don't look over my shoulder. I so we're keeping up with, from me. We're keeping up with the, with the Tomb Raider theme here, with just going straight from Wikipedia, right? <laughs> This is the Lara Croft Jr. edition of Retro Gaming News. (laughs) Alright, we have a PlayStation Portable game. Metal Gear Acid. No, no. Uh, It's a game, a platform game of sorts? Patapon. No, but it does have a name a bit like that. It's about maneuvering jelly-like objects. Uh, It was louder for having bright, colorful visuals and dynamic music. And it's not Patapon. You have to tilt the PSP. I probably know what it is, but I have no fucking idea what it's called. (laughs) Is it like a Japanese word with a lot of P's in it? No, no, that would have been Patapon, probably. (laughs) No, but I mean, you said All roads lead to Patapon. No, 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 no. It is a, in fact, I think it's a Spanish word, technically, but I don't know my Spanish, so I'm, you know, not committing to that particular decision. Ah. Uh, but it is a Japanese game. He doesn't want to be wrong. Not this early in the podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, Talon. Any more, any more guesses? No? No All idea. Right. It was Loco Roco. Yeah. Which, we, it gets shown in basically every single trailer demo showing the PSP Does of it? that period. Because it's bright, it's colourful, and you visibly have to tilt the PSP to it. It, it actually does PSP things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like carpet you can play with outside. <laughs> Man, if they just advertised the PSP to me as, you can play the entire PS1 library on a screen that's this big, and fuck Christ, pixels look good. <laughs> yeah, alright, done. Go on. Alright, we have a... <clears throat> this is a movie tie-in game. Uh... It, the, the description Fucking of it on Wikipedia. beautiful year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what year are we in again? 2006. Right. Uh, Some of all fears. <laughs> I gotta say, the Wikipedia description of this, I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Blank is a 2006 open world action adventure video game developed by EA Redwood. <laughs> it's it one of the a- Harry Potter games? No, no, because uh, Harry Potter was relevant in around 2006. Oh, the movie that, wasn't relevant? No, it really wasn't. It was an older movie. Isn't that the Ghostbusters game they made a million years after? No, no. that was even more recent. It's but... uh, one of the Godfathers, right? Yes, yes, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's wow. the Talk Godfather about... video yeah. game. Yeah, that, oh. So they tried to make a GTA Godfather, basically. Apparently so! In a universe where mafia exists. <laughs> The Mafia games are good. Yes. The Godfather game is bad. This is how you tell them apart. <laughs> are you playing a mob... Are you playing a GTA clone about mobsters? Yes? Okay. Is it good? Yes? Then you're playing Mafia. Is it bad? You're playing Godfather. Glad we sorted that out. Quote, 
I knew nothing about it. Paramount never asked me if they thought if I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I went and took a look at what it was. What they do is use the characters everyone knows, and they hire these actors to be there and to only introduce very minor characters. And then for the next hour, they shoot and kill each other. I had absolutely nothing to do with the game, <laughs> and I disapprove. I think it's a misuse of the film. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Nobody asked me. I would have told them, no, this is a terrible idea. What are you thinking? Jeez. And it's sad how that kind of shit works. If they would have asked anyone who was at all familiar with the property, they would say, <laughs> no, no, don't make this into a shitty open world video game. Like, is it is it one of the whole points of The Godfather, this feeling of inevitability of large forces coming to bear, of... <laughs> Of a very linear, narrowing story of tension building, open world is exactly the opposite of that. Remember when we were talking about Alone in the Dark? <laughs> Telling you, fool, what crime film, what, what classic crime film would not be improved by being able to randomly run down pedestrians and club them to death with a dildo? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the dildo has not appeared in Grand Theft Auto, but it might as well. <laughs> the point is, open world stuff is stupid. That doesn't make it not fun, but it does make it stupid. So don't so. put your intellectual property, and I use the term intellectual literally, <laughs> don't put it on your open world game. Quite. Because uh, I, I understand The Godfather is generally thought of pretty well. The Godfather is an outstanding movie. It is very smart. It is incredibly well filmed. It is exceptionally well directed. It's, game? There's no video game there. <laughs> Did anybody run over a person with their pants down in a hummer? <laughs> there's no video game there. <laughs> no All right. Video game there. Next up, we have an expansion pack to an MMO. Uh, is it a WoW one? No. Uh, I figured we'd get that one out of the way nice and right. fast. Uh, um, obviously, what's guessing the act EverQuest? Hmm? Oh, holy crap. I was going to say, guessing the actual uh, expansion pack itself would be kind of a, a big ask. So you can just guess the MMO. Yes, it was an EverQuest MMO. The original so. EverQuest? Uh, yeah, EverQuest 1. The Serpent's Spine. Fucking what the fuck am I... Okay, this is continuing the theme of working on stuff which hasn't been relevant in decades. No, because in 2006, The Serpent's Spine released as the 12th expansion <laughs> to EverQuest. They've been expanding EverQuest all this time. The original EverQuest. Yes. Wow. I think EverQuest 1 is still going. Well, just, Despite just that, EverQuest 2 is also <laughs> free to play. That's terrifying. Uh, Fox, EverQuest The Darkened Sea was released in October last year. It what do you was, want me to say? I already described it as terrifying. It was the 21st expansion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, if the people are enjoying about, EverQuest... And the kicker about this whole thing is that EverQuest is really shitty. <laughs> that has always been my impression of it. I haven't tried it, but everything everyone has told me about while it's fun, why it's fun has made me go, Hey! It doesn't do the things right that an MMO should do in order to be fun. <laughs> it's not fun to play, it's not fun to progress, it's not fun to find stuff, it's not fun. <laughs> we live Next in up. a world where Guild Wars 2 exists. And Guild Wars 2 is good about making things to do and it fun. Yeah, but the nature of this is fucked up, because we also live in a world where City of Heroes existed. Yeah. And now doesn't. <sighs> yes, we are still bitter about that, listener. I will not stop being bitter about that! 
exists. Until it exists again. Speaking of being bitter, we have a movie tie-in. Mission Impossible. No. Uh, The movie series is more recent than Mission Impossible. No, not Transformers. But it does involve vehicles. They have, by the way, been making horrible-ass movie Transformers games as well as the War for Cybertron ones, which were quite good, right? I yes, don't know and they I have. don't want yes, to they have. <laughs> okay. Yes, they have. Oh, of course they have. <laughs> Alright, it's uh, it, it was it was pu- published by Bandai Namco, and that nervous stutter there was me making sure I didn't call them Banco Namdai again. <laughs> Namdai Bamco. Namdai Banco. Didn't they swap the order of the Bandai and the Namco at some point just to fuck you up? Christ, I hope not. Uh, this game is considered a spiritual successor to another game of the same genre. Despite but the fact that it's, it's, it's a movie tie and the other one wasn't. And the other one isn't? Yes. <laughs> and there are cars. Uh, and there are cars. Cars. Is it cars? No, it's not a cars game, but wow, that second. would just be perfect. <laughs> Bandai Namco made a game, and Bingo was its name. Okay, um... <clears throat> uh, this game, if it played through to the themes of the movie, would be a dad game. Where was the movie made? The movie was made uh, by Eutechnics, who I don't actually know by reputation. No, that is. What I'm asking is, are we talking about uh, like an animated movie, like a you know some anime thing? Are we talking about a, a you know cinematic live action boring people movie? Uh, it was a live action movie. Uh, this game is based on the, the film, film adaptation. The film adapta- adaptation of Return of Bastard Swordsman. <laughs> The game is based on the film series of the same name. Can we talk, by the way, for, for a minute? Because whatever this is, it's probably not as good as Bastard Swordsman. I, I really have no should doubt. Be, there really should be a game based off Return of Bastard Swordsman. Because <laughs> Dugu Wudi is kind of the, the most amazing character to ever exist in a kung fu action movie. Don't you have any idea what Jeb's talking about? No! Okay, just checking. <laughs> I just love him being this enthusiastic about anything. <laughs> You'll have to forgive us. We have we'll no have idea to, what you're We'll have about. to show you Return of the Bastard Swordsman <laughs> up in the high, up in the sky, high in the sky like the sun at high noon. Okay. It's Dooku Wudi, who has reached the tenth level of his fatal skill, which is making people's chests swell up and explode. <laughs> okay, none of that comes up in this game. Uh, Obviously not a good enough game. <laughs> Uh, it, it, Put it, it this: Dooku Wudi is basically the Hong Kong action movie version of the boss. <laughs> um, okay, uh, this game. I'm desperately steering the, trying to steer the conversation back onto the game. One of the horrible Narnia games. Uh, no, no, no cars in Narnia. No, they were done by Disney anyway, weren't they? Yes. Wait, is it? One, it's one of the Lord of the Rings games. No, no cars in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I forgot about the cars. Completely. Oh, it is the Fast and Furious game. Yes, ah. <laughs> it's it's the Fast and the Furious, which is considered a spiritual successor to Street Racing Syndicate, and should not be confused with the Fast and the Furious arcade game, which was ported to the Wii as Cruisin. What? <laughs> but Cruisin was already a different series. <laughs> yes. I don't even. I blame Fast and You see, what I was talking about was much more interesting, listener. <laughs> yes, it really was. <clears throat> Let me tell you about the traveling uh, the, the traveling fortune teller who uses his little fortune telling sticks as weapons. <laughs> Alright, 
we have a game that thinks that it's the start of a franchise, but really yeah. it's just a prequel to the game that everyone actually gives a shit about. Oh, Red Dead Revolver. Red Dead Revolver. Eh, Red Dead Revolver. Good answer. Not the one I mean. Ah. Uh, this is an idol. So was game. it? Oh, I was gonna say. So was it Demon Souls? No, it wasn't Demon Souls either. Uh, the game that we all know about is much more ridiculous than any Souls game. It has a veneer of respectability. But oh, Saints Row One. Saints Row One. That would be way earlier, right? Uh, and that was THQ, not Idos. No, no, it was not not a Saints Row game. But you're about the right level of ridiculousness huh. in in Saints Row Three. Um, in the game that we all know about, that this is a prequel to. Does Idos still make this series? Uh, I I suppose they don't because they don't exist anymore. But no, no. Um, Were they the last people? The, the game that people know about was that an Idos game? Looking that up now. I know that there's a trailer for the uh, a, a trailer for the next one in the line. Uh, yeah, the the um, the one that we all know was indeed published by Idos and developed by the same people. So, uh, <clears throat> in the game that we all know, you can grappling hook the ground to oh, avoid just fall cause. <laughs> yes, it's just cause. Just cause is amazing. <laughs> no idea that was an Idos game. Yes. <laughs> and now, of course, Squeenix. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the, the game where the best way to keep yourself from falling to the ground is to use your grapple, to, to get taking fall damage, is to point your grappling hook at the ground to get there faster. Sounds about right. Uh, again, to bring up Casey once more, she gave me the advice that it's a game where you can grappling hook the ground to avoid fall damage, which tells you more than you really needed to know, because it conveys that the physics are ridiculous, and you're going to be in the air a lot. <laughs> I was once again watching a friend of mine play Just Cause 2, and he was driving everywhere. Listener, if you're going to play Just Cause 2, you're not going to drive everywhere. <laughs> when you can use your grappling hook to swing off of helicopters and jets, like some kind of some kind of mercenary Spider-Man with heavy weaponry, you're not going to be driving anywhere. I have to say, I played this for a little while, and the tutorial is like an <laughs> tutorial exercise in is... where the fuck is my grappling hook open world stupidness? What the shit is this? The tutorial Why am I hiding behind a generator? Good. Why do I have to shoot a guy? What is this crap? <laughs> and then they give you the grappling hook, and oh. And yeah, now, I, and, I... and of course now on the PC there is a multiplayer mod. Yes. This with, is in fact why have... I started playing the uh, original game. <laughs> Maybe if I get into the multiplayer of this, I could rope talent in and we could do stupid things together. Alright. You could get dozens of people in on the multiplayer for Just Cause 2. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's not balanced at all because Just Cause 2 is not balanced at all. Oh, wonderful. But dozens of people all just, all just parasailing <laughs> and grappling on each other. <laughs> I'm, I'm you can get a chain going hanging off a helicopter or something. <laughs> you, you can grapple other players. You can grapple players who are currently grappling things. Yeah. So you get... Go, I don't know, YOLO. <laughs> Let's run with it. You get, you get the helicopter. Now if you can get that helicopter to start playing like the kids in America. <laughs> right. You just have all these Rico Rodriguez. We're the kids in America. Whoa. Oh, that song. I never knew what the lyrics were. All right. <laughs> Another song that has the word America prominently. All right, all right, all right. We have a PlayStation 2 era uh, action role-playing <gasps> game. I know what I put on my fucking helicopter. The Iron Chef theme. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which is more correctly the backdrop theme, but no, who gives not. a shit about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, you've topped even some of my best ideas. Alright, alright. It's PlayStation 2 era action role playing game that has spawned. Well, it is a sequel that has been part of the extensive spawning multimedia empire of this franchise. <laughs> It's an action role-playing game on the PS2 or just PS2 era? Uh, it's on the PS2. Indeed, I believe it's PS2 exclusive, though it's been re-released on uh, the PlayStation 3 in high def. Uh, it has a Wikipedia page dedicated to the franchise chronology and continuity. It involves the coming together of two major corporate giants in a brand explosion. Fox kind of resents it because of the ridiculous juxtapositioning of character designs. Brand explosion. Brand explosion. <laughs> You're talking about now how I played it? I don't think you've played it. I know I've seen you comment on the designs. Uh, I know that Future Friend has been... Uh, I think Future Friend has been Let's Playing it, actually. It's not Metal Kingdom Game. Hearts. Kingdom Hearts too. Oh! That's okay. That's that's not about the the disparity of character designs. I do think they're over designed in general, but it's more because but that's a I, Final I Fantasy think, thing. <laughs> yes, it it absolutely is. But it's more because I think the Mickey and Friends characters are the boringest thing Disney ever made. <laughs> now, if I'm allowed to run around with you know the the actual interesting Disney characters for a whole game, I'm into that. But Mickey and Donald, pff, poo on them. Can you equip Nala with a sword? <laughs> Surely no. you'd want a dog if you're going to give it a sword. I understand actually, that's how dogs work. Actually, come to think of it, I- I'll go one better. Can you get Nani recruited into the group? And if so, can you <laughs> arm her? She just kicks things to death. Yes. Ooh. She <laughs> Lilo's sister. The the older sister in Lilo and Stitch, who, oh. whose second major moment is kicking Ving Rames's car <laughs> and insulting him. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> I've never seen a Lilo or a Stitch. Ah. I, I would I would definitely play Stitch. Alright, so And I understand that in some of the later Kingdom Hearts you can get more interesting characters, but they're like a temporary thing for whatever world you're in or something. Well that's know. every Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. If if I had those kinds of characters permanently, then I'd be quite interested in the franchise. In Kingdom Hearts but... one you can you can roll with Jack Skellington and that's just amazing. <laughs> so we have a game that's not part of a franchise at this point. Hooray! Like it, had a, it had a sequel, but it wasn't really... Uh, it, it didn't launch a massive franchise. This is just kind of a good game that stands apart on its own. Uh-huh. It had... Oh, odd, yes, two worlds. <laughs> it had odd mechanics. Ah, uh, yes, time. two worlds. <laughs> uh, has been compared very favorably to classics of its genre, like the Legend of Zelda series. Ah, yes, two worlds. <laughs> it's, uh, this is not Darksiders. No, it's not Darksiders. It's a little early uh, for Darksiders. Yep, and this is a game uh, published by Capcom. Is, is Okami Capcom? I don't know. Yes. Is it Okami? It is, but... Uh, it's Okami. Oh, fuck, Okami does have a sequel. I forgot about Okami then. You forgot about little Chibi Tarasu. Uh. I'm a bad guy. You're not a bad guy. You're just forgetful and don't like puppies that much. It's also had two re-releases. It's more that I didn't like the puppies game that much, which is really unfortunate. Because the puppy's really cute. Yeah, the game is just not as good, though. So, hey, Fox, I understand you have opinions about Okami. Uh, have I not already? I I think the podcast has already heard me talk about how amazing this game is. (laughs) Every brilliant. It's wonderful. The Wii version has a definite design flaw in that you should never map stick waggle as if it's a button press. That is stupid. (laughs) Um, 
on the other hand, everything about it is amazing. Um, it's way longer than you think. Like, the, the first time the story ends, it's like, oh, you still have a good two-thirds of the game at least. Um, the ending is amazing in that kind of stupid, unselfconscious way that's just... It, it's great! It's great! It has a bark button. It has a bark button. It is a game which is fantastically aware of how to make me behave like a dog, which is give me a bark button and let me run around really fast. <laughs> I have neither seen nor played this game before in my life. Oh, it's beautiful. It is on the it is on the consoles that exist. It's also on the console that doesn't exist. So, so it's Schrodinger's <laughs> yes. game. Um, they've got a hasty re-release on PSN, which is probably the version you should pick up these days. Mm. Um I'm told that the Wii version also didn't look quite as nice as the PS2 version because they had to actually redo all the graphical effects. Like, the the code was... Like, they had the code but not the source code kind of thing. I don't know the exact details, but... I'm told it doesn't look quite as nice. It still looks pretty fucking incredible. Um, What else? Okami Den is really adorable. It's definitely not a worthy sequel. (laughs) It has a lot of writing problems, and there's one point... The point of No Return is way earlier in the game, and telegraphs itself not remotely as well as the one in Okami does. So I actually spent like three hours playing the ending of the game without realizing that I could never go back to all the completionist stuff I'd never get to again. Oh no! And you can't go back to an earlier save. It's got one save. Ah. No. Yeah, that really pissed me off. That is why I have not completioned Okami Den, even though otherwise I probably would have liked it enough to do so. Alright, and we have two, technically four, games left. So Pokemans. They are, in fact, both Pokemon-related games. <laughs> Potentially four. Yes. First up, we have a mainline Pokemon game, 2006. Mm. So... Whichever fucking one came out in 2006. There's like a billion of those fucking things. Is that Diamond Pearl? That's Diamond Pearl. Right. I... Look, I'm giving Fox a chance to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and by my my clever plan to show off is to go, is it that one? Yeah, probably. The origin of Munchlax! Yes! So actually the first Pokemon that Munchlax appeared in was uh, XD. Which I have played. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so you've I met honestly, the Munchlax? I, yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that XD and Gale of Darkness both owned. <laughs> yes, they I thought it was were. great to actually take Pokemon from people. It's like, wait, why am I bothering with this? Fuck <laughs> you, mine. <laughs> I also, I really like the dual battling all the way through. Like, because two-on-two battles are incredibly minor thing in the main series, unless you play PvP, which I don't, because I hate PvP. Um, and it, you know, it, it let you prioritize different things and observe the way that abilities were supposed to work that you just wouldn't get any value from in the main games. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Plus, Coliseum started you with, um, with Espeon and Umbreon, didn't it? Yes. Just, like, fucking cool. <laughs> like, and why am I using anything else? <laughs> yes. The other Pokemon game is a tie-in. It's a tie-in with another franchise. Oh, Mystery Dungeon. Yes. Um, that would have been... They're the original Mystery Dungeons of Pokemon, weren't they? Blue and Red Rescue Team. Cool. As opposed to the next one, which had Munchlaxes in it. (laughs) Which is how I came to truly love Munchlax. (laughs) I got got Gamer Widowed by Mystery Dungeon. (laughs) Rather hard. It was wonderful. Uh, Sorry, it was wonderful that you were enjoying it. Not wonderful that I didn't (laughs) see you for a day. Well, it's not really a widowing kind of game, actually, because it's so turn-based. And the actual time you have in the dungeons is really limited. (laughs) Jeb returns to sleep to duel his eternal nemesis. Yes. 
Jace? Jace? Jace! Fuck that guy. Do you believe that blue? So fucking much. Do you believe that Jace can blue even on a battlefield? <laughs> I believe that Jace can suck on a battlefield for all I care. <laughs> Seeing this image of like a really nicely animated GIF in my head of of Garrick and Gideon shoving Jace back and forth between the two of them. Oh, that's hey, the Bell- joke I'm, don't fall- I'm waiting to make. Hey, Bellerin, don't fall, Bellerin. <laughs> don't fall, Bellerin. <laughs> This would, this would feature the return of classic characters like Solid Sliver and Animal for Ocelot. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Ahem. Six mana. Enough to kill anything that moves. <laughs> I think we're meant to have a graceful fade out on the retro gaming news at this point, but really, I don't want to cut any of was that. Is that all there was? <laughs> That's all we had. Oh, yeah. hey, all right, cool. Um, Munchlax is a neato. Yes. <laughs> Okami is Nito. Hella Nito. The Godfather video game shouldn't exist. Hella Should not exist. <laughs> and that's all for the downloadable concept podcast. Until next time, that's been Fox. That's been Talon. And that's been Jeb. And I don't have anything else to say because I used all of my good jokes up making fun of Jace. been Jace because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, talent men have died for less. It's the sound of a chair being shoved back and, and Jeb getting ready to fight me. <laughs> I will go full Gideon on you, fight you 1v1. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>